Hi, this is Betsy Beers. I'm the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, and The Catch. And this is Shondaland Revealed, the official Shondaland podcast for the Thursday night that we like to call TGIT. Today, we're going to be talking about The Catch, which, of course, is our newest show. And we're very excited about it. And one of the things that I got to say, I think everybody's been talking about, about The Catch. Also, not to mention the good storytelling and the great acting and the amazing locations. But everybody, including me, because I sort of covet a lot of this stuff, has been talking about the costumes. So we are lucky enough today to have dragged Peggy Schnitzer, who is our costume designer for The Catch, who just ran from set while she was putting beautiful clothes on people and is taking a little bit of time to talk about the amazing wardrobe on this show. So thank you so much for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. Glad See? to be here. Oh, and okay, so as is always the case, I'm gonna tell you what Peggy's wearing. Peggy is wearing a beautiful black and white V-net blouse with long sleeves. It's silky. It's got sort of ties at the sleeves. At the sleeves. Yep. Who makes the blouse? Derek Lamb. Derek Lamb. She's wearing a Derek Lamb blouse. Thank you, Derek Lamb, for all your fine work. <laughs> Thank you, Derek Lamb. <laughs> um, some nice, tight, sort of skinny jeans. Beautiful boots that, if we're the same size, I might actually take those boots from you. Those are black suede with kitten heels. Little kitten heels. See, well, because I'm usually running around in sneakers for the most part. See, well, but we got the boots today, which is like we got a glamorous hit. I, I had a moment where I had to start dressing like a girl. <laughs> I'm waiting for that moment to hit me. I'm really hoping it happens sometime in the next like five years. You know, one of the things I always talk to our costumers about is the designers about is the fact that you spend all this time putting all this beautiful stuff on people. And then nine times out of 10, you're kind of in a black turtleneck and jeans with sneakers on and a big fluffy coat because A, there's <laughs> no time and B, you just sort of end up sort of having to have a uniform. For the most part, if you go in my closet, it's 90% black, it's turtlenecks, <laughs> it's black dresses. And it all sort of goes with each other. Um, but today, it's a beautiful summer day out here and I had to come from a couple blocks away and I just thought why not wear a blouse lighten See? it up and also when, when you actually get out of the cave yes which is your workspace I think the weird thing is you do sort of have an inspiration to go okay it wouldn't kill me to actually put on something different sometimes it's taking like the clean thing off the top which are all black <laughs> <laughs> so I like clothes and I like dressing up and every once in a while while I'm working I do because it makes me feel good so Peggy and I did the original pilot together which we shot in Austin Texas which you guys was a little counterintuitive since the show was set in Los Angeles. But I remember having long conversations with you, like during the hours of fitting people, of how incredibly important black is to anybody's wardrobe. Yes. Simply because it does kind of go with everything and it does kind of look good on everybody. I, somehow I always feel very put together. Black turtleneck, a pair of jeans, a black turtleneck, a skirt, a black dress. You don't have to think much, but you always look good. I, I don't really have the patience. I mean, my outfits are really wardrobe. It's just a uniform in my closet. I really have the patience to get dressed. I love doing it for other people, but for me, I like to be functional and comfortable and feel like I can go at work. And then if I have to go someplace afterwards, it just sort of all works. It is that thing of really trying to straddle the line between like the people I know in the corporate sort of side of things. I go into the office to meet with them. And they're so dressed up. And I realize yeah. we have to kind of have a little more an ability to be nimble because yes. I certainly don't know, like, I'm going to sit and meet with somebody and then I may have to run over to set. You just have to be able to get up in the morning and go, this is going to work until I go home. Peggy, also, one of the things most people don't know is ABC has this thing that they call mm -hmm. stock costumes. And when we were doing the original pilot in Austin, every day I would go and go into stock costumes <laughs> and go through all the stock costumes, mainly which were pretty fashion items. And I pick something I like and then I try to leave with it, <laughs> which... which I, I didn't, 
I didn't, but I had my temptations. And sometimes it would be something really appalling. And then other times it was something kind of cool. And I specifically remember a strange sort of hairy plaid jacket yes, that, that you I loved. became incredibly <laughs> attached to for some reason. I have no idea. If you met Betsy, you'd never think that she would be attracted to something like that and compelled to wear it, but she just loved it. I did. It was like a weird kind of zip up. Yes. It was so strange. This weird plaid woolly. And it was, it was super, I guess I thought it was super unique. But Peggy really patiently, Peggy, who's got certainly one of the most amazing style senses of any human being I've ever met, Peggy, who like really tolerantly just kept looking at me thinking, sure, (laughs) out of the entire stock from ABC, you know, think about, think about revenge, you guys, think about the costumes. I could have been pulling up something, a beautiful long leather jacket, but no, I went for this strange. It was like a stuffed animal. It was, it was maybe I needed comfort. Maybe I needed to wear my comfort. Maybe that was it. Um, Well, in this episode, the episode that um, we've all just watched, the incredible John Sim from England, who plays Reese, shows up. And essentially, the entire world of Ben and Margot is made topsy-turvy. Right. Alice has now gotten close enough to Ben, I'd say, so that she can be taking things from him. And we watch that bracelet come and go and come and go and come and go. And we watch a lot of people have sex. I have to say specifically this episode, you guys, it was really hot to watch, but it made me feel kind of bad about myself. (laughs) (laughs) There was a lot of sex in this episode. And everybody was having such a good time. And it was really, I mean, even Danny, God bless him in his cotton socks, got a little loving. Right. Danny, who we did America a favor when uh, Jay took off his shirt, I'm just going to say. That's really quite something. So I don't think he should be worried about Agent Sean. That's my personal feeling. See, exactly. He's got his own great thing going on. But there was a lot of clothes coming on and off. You got to do, in this episode, a really large range of human beings too because Alice plays a flight attendant that was amazing to do and I sort of went back to the old style stewardesses where they would wear very form-fitting little dresses this was a little navy dress with red piping pair of pearls and a heels and you know they used to have these restrictions with stewardesses they all had to be a certain height a certain weight so they could wear those kind of clothes and they were all these form-fitting dresses short minis to the knees that's where I got the inspiration for that I thought perfect oh no it's so incredibly cute. And Margot and Felicity are having sort of a hot, tight dress standoff. <laughs> yes. It's very black and white. Good girl, bad girl. Right. Which you do a lot of in this one. Because I think Margot's in these incredibly kind of like tight, white sculpted, sculpted, dresses. sculpted dresses. And Felicity's in these like scoop net dark things, which are pretty amazing. Yes. Amazing. I mean, they're two beautiful women with amazing bodies, very different. But you're really compelled to look at their bodies because the way that address them, you can see their bodies completely. Sonia, you know, aka Margot, her big running joke is that I take the clothes in an inch from her life. (laughs) But I think in a way, you know, people walk differently. They sit differently when the clothes are altered really close to their bodies. You know, this is what I keep sort of learning is that tailoring's everything. Yeah. And I think most of us in life, the idea of a tailor gives me the heebie-jeebies because it means there's a whole nother step to clothing. Yes. And it's like, wait, I just bought it. Does that mean somebody's got to, wait, I've got to give it up again? <laughs> like, how does this even work? Can I just put it on? Can I just put it on? Like, what's the problem? So what if these are ill-fitting? Yeah. But I do think that there's something about finding somebody who really can make your clothes fit. Well, I mean, it depends what you need. I mean, specifically for this, it's a show, and I basically want them to look good in their clothes all the time. And most of the things that you get off the rack you, you shop for, they don't fit perfectly. Everyone's waistline is a different point. Everyone's arms are different size. I mean, we take a lot of time. We have an amazing man 
Carlos Zepeda, who Carlos is a genius. alters everything. And thank God we have him because he, he understands bodies and he understands men and women, which is a rare thing. Usually it's either tailor or they're cutter fitters and they do women. So. And how did you find him? Well, he's one of the great people in the business. I mean, he's been doing it for a very long time. He used to work at design houses. So just word of mouth pretty much because I've never worked with him before. So I was lucky. Okay, the other outfit in this episode that I'm sort of obsessed with was, I love what Valerie's wearing. She's wearing this little sort of like vaguely see-through lacy black. It's a silk blouse with a sort of triangle lace inset, which is amazing on her. Well, she's got another incredible body. Yeah, this is a really irritating show in general. <laughs> Everybody's got an incredible body. I mean, geez, can you talk about Krause too? Krause, I'd love to talk about because he looks amazing. He's, we sort of decided, myself, Betsy, Alan, everyone involved in sort of the design and decision-making process, that we wanted to do a uniform for him to make him as clean. Originally, when we talked about this pilot, we sort of 60s-like, Bond-like, but not that, our own version of that. Exactly. Because you, can, you, know, you should never try and repeat something. You do your own version of it anyway. And Bond isn't undercover, and right. Bond isn't a con man. Because what you sort of did is you've made him an amazingly chic hide in plain sight yes. as opposed to James Bond always walks in and you go like hero. holy crap it's yeah. James Bond like <laughs> like that anybody in a Bond movie doesn't know that's James yes. Bond he walks in it's like <laughs> Bond but Ben aka all his other names has to both blend in and stand out right away you also want to be drawn in by him which you are I feel I mean I am when I look at him I go wow that man cleans up nice <laughs> oh he does boy <laughs> Right. He does. And I have to say, one of my favorite sequences in this whole episode is the sequence with Reese in the park when they are walking and talking and taking their shirts off and they're wearing their police outfits underneath. Yes. <laughs> <That was genius. laughs> I thought that that A, it's beautifully written, but it was, it was also just in terms of a great costume moment. Yeah. You get to do a couple of fun things here yes, that I think do. is really... Because there's not any real, there's not a lot of grit in the catch. No, there's it's not... <laughs> You know, we like to say that we like to, our shows to be a bit aspirational. Yes. I think that's a very popular <laughs> word. It is the word. I find watching the show that I aspire towards yes. the whole thing. I mean, it's, for me, it's a designer dream because I really get to work in complete beauty and trying to have my own vision and version of something that works with the writing, whether it works with action, whether it works with taking off your clothes. I mean, there's been a couple times when the director's like, these clothes are too tight to take off on camera. So we have to sort of adjust to that but with Peter he looks so sleek and I've done a really high collar you know because I feel it's very elegant on him he's a tall man he's very fit he's in incredible he's shape in amazing shape I just wanted so all of his shirts are made by the same person this shirt maker called Anto and they all have a high collar so you really can identify that it's him yeah Anto's got a big fan following in Los Angeles we may have established on this podcast or not but I struggle with clothes as we all know and my husband doesn't my husband is quite the opposite he's, he's quite the dresser he's quite the dresser I don't know if everyone knows what sartorial splendor means but he is the embodiment of sartorial yes. splendor and he loves shopping and he loves suits and he loves shirts so he aspires towards Anto I think, yeah. I think he always looks amazing he always hears about these things and he thinks oh man someday you'll come home with a <laughs> shirt like that for me Betsy's like keep him out keep him away from there stop it go away why do you keep talking to him on set this is terrible just go away stop doing such a good job Margot's gold necklace 
that is a gold necklace that is mine. I'm making those necklaces. See, and I think, because I'm first in line for one of those necklaces, yes. as you know. They're going to go in production. I'm starting it this year. I've always loved fob chains and heavy chains, I'm, as um, Betsy will attest to. It's I me and Betsy. Yes, yes, yes. But I don't really wear jewelry. And I don't really use a lot of jewelry in the show. I mean, a lot of shows, they have a lot of jewelry. We but talked I, about this yeah. initially because simplicity was a big deal. And the other yeah. thing that I really respect as a woman who wears the same earrings every day is that Alice Vaughn wears the same diamond studs no matter what because I'm a huge advocate of if you can't take a shower in it you shouldn't own it <laughs> I'm That's sorry me. I'm appalling women all over America right now and I know I can't take my watch into the shower you guys unless I'm wearing my diving watch and I don't dive which is the saddest story ever told but to me it's all about functionality and your jewelry has to be able yeah. to function and if and when you dress up it's lovely to put some special stuff on but yeah. Akua who's here who I know really well who has worked with me for many years but is now in the social media section. She's really big on changing her earrings out and she's really creative with it. And I have envy a lot. Who wears a lot of black? But you look see? good in those kind of earrings. I just... Oh my God, you know, they just eat me up. Yeah, I wear one ring, my snake ring. Betsy wears her wedding rings and her other ring. My engagement ring yeah. and my wedding yeah. ring. That's oh, it. I didn't realize it. That's my, I wear my engagement ring on my right hand, which is actually technically a cocktail ring, but I didn't want an engagement <laughs> ring. And it's a, it's a little, it's like little it's diamonds. Beautiful. It's deco sort of shape and it's got a sapphire in it. And then I wear my wedding band on the other hand. Yeah. And that's pretty much all I can get my crap together to do. And then you also wore this because I remember seeing you in that necklace. I wear this gold bird that someone made for me, a jewelry designer, Dana Schneider, probably 10 years ago. And I usually wear that a lot, but I'm very tired. We've been working very hard and I can't stand anything around my neck right now. So Okay, so I'm signing up for one of the okay. big chain necklaces. So those gold, I mean, it's a very simple but heavy gold chain and she just wants to wear it every day. She says, no, that's her necklace. The other outfits I actually want to ask you about and then I'll ask you a couple of questions. So the princess, the white outfit when you first see her the first time with the headscarf, which is amazing, but what is that white outfit? It's a designer called Marina Berardi and it's a little Prada sweater and then we made the scarves for her. I figured that. We All the scarves that she has worn just matched silk Georgette or silk chiffon to her clothes and made headscarves for her. She's like the Grace Kelly of the Middle East. I mean, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Medallion. I'm medallion. She's actually Iranian, but she's... She's so beautiful. And we're actually shooting a pilot and she's in the pilot. Yes. So, which is awesome. There was pieces that I found. That little skirt with the little flowers on it was this Mm -hmm. vintage Valentino skirt from the 60s. But that was just, I wanted her all in cream because everyone surrounding her were in dark colors. I wanted her to have a wow entrance the first time you see her. And Peter was all in dark, so I thought it would be a good contrast. And then they would be walking. I mean, this was what we were talking about, that it has to sort of last through whatever scenes they're doing. They're going to walk through the park. And I thought it would be really beautiful to have all the palm trees around them. Oh, yeah. With her in a scarf. Because I kept thinking about, you know, a lot of my inspiration for most women are 60s and early 70s women. See, I'm so obsessed with it, too, that it's like obsessed. Like, that's my main go-to. Because they could just wear a shirt and a skirt and they looked beautiful. It's just simple. And if you wanted to go rock and roll or hippie, it was still the best time because right. you could go from right. like maxi dresses to like long shirling coats to the most amazingly beautiful tailoring the flexibility and short skirts and boots and right. it's so incredibly flexible and so i you know always you know my research i've got endless research you know on my computer of women and their clothes from that period sometimes you know it's late 50s you know up until the early 70s because then this late 70s became more of an 80s thing which was not which is just thing. horrifying but that early 70s where people were wearing 
those really thin tailored silk shirts and wide pants, but everything fit around the midsection. It just was so beautiful oh, to so me. so beautiful. Carol Jones wants to know, who is your style icon? I mean, Jane Birkin, Catherine Geneve, Grace Kelly, they all had their sort of, Julie Christie was a big one, Jean Shrimpton. Julie Christie's like yeah. almost numero yeah. uno for me, yeah. and Candace Bergen yeah. at a particular point So too. Julie Christie, if you look at all her movies and you look at, I mean, that white mini dress that Marie was all about her. I mean, if any of you guys, there's this movie called Darling, Darling that where Julie Christie made um, many, many, many moons ago. And in terms of, she's a model and she's bored and right. she ends up going to Greece with a friend of hers. And it's like, and she's just bored and just completely dissatisfied with her life. But just stunning. Spectacular. <laughs> And the outfits, that and a movie called Blow Up, which is yeah. an Antonioni yeah. movie, yeah. which is what, when I look at that short... Little the, white tights and short dresses. Just kills me. Yeah. I mean, just every yeah. single time. Um, and there's a lot in that period, which is just phenomenal. And Charlotte Rampling a little yes. bit later. See, you guys can see why we get along. Julie Christie, there's a scene, I think, in Darling when she's walking through the market. Yep. That, <laughs> just like, who dresses like that? Well, she did in that time. She Women walked around like that. She totally did. And I also, do you remember the days when you would actually, you had to put on a dress to get on a plane? Yes. You didn't travel the way I travel now, which is just like in glorified sweats. You like, and okay, not glorified sweats. Right. Just sweats. Yes. We, I remember going to visit somebody in Florida, even in the 80s, and putting on a little suit. It was just appropriate crazy. because you're traveling. I'm traveling. I'm going someplace. So Laura hayes Phelan wants to know, what do you wear when you're just hanging out? Sweats? Yoga pants? Something way cooler than what I've got on now? You know, I'm a jeans and sweater person. I don't really hang out in sweats. I, I mean, I have to be honest. I wear sweats to yoga, but I have a lot of weird long dresses that I wear in the house or jeans and t-shirts. See, I have this pair of overalls that I really love that I will never give up. I wear overalls That's on the weekend. That's like jeans. It's not like sweats. No, I don't wear sweats on the weekend. I don't no. either. I just, there's something about it that actually kind of depresses me. Yes. For some reason, I feel like I'm <laughs> like, sick. okay. Okay, now this is really, really specific. So the Catch fans at the Catch Fan want to know, we love how crisp Kraus looks. Is there something special about Kraus's tie or pocket squares? Yeah, I think it's very structural. I mean, they think they're talking he about... He doesn't really wear ties. He wore ties as Christopher Hall in that one scene, and he wore it when he was leaving. You know, he actually, no. With the princess, he was wearing this black silk tie. I think the crispness of him is more the shirts. Shirts is the very high collared, and it's a heavier collar. It's not a flimsy collar. There's a there's like double facing in it, and it's a thicker cotton. It's not a very thin, voily cotton. Mm -hmm. It's a textured cotton, and they're very close to his body. So it, it just lays flat, and it's that white collar coming out of dark suits, I think, that makes him look so crisp. I think, I think when you have contrast like that, definition yeah. really helps, right? It's yeah. like it gives it more of a, a crisp feeling. And from one of the bloggers who visited you on set on Monday, you oh, had they some were visitors great. on Monday, that right? Was great. Yeah, the these, mommy bloggers. Yes, there was about thirty of them. They were fantastic, and I didn't know anything about. They all sort of are in different fields as well, besides yeah. just this, which was fascinating it's to me. Super, super interesting. Well, Lisa Goldsberry Collins wants to know: when it comes to wardrobe for an entire cast, are men or women easier to style? It depends on the person and the body. I mean, for me, I can't be talked into anything, just in general as a person, but not with aesthetics. <laughs> That's <you> very know? <laughs> true. And I already, hold your ground. I already know what I want it to look like, but I'm never going to force them to wear anything they don't want to wear. I just don't, because I feel if you can come up with one idea, you can have many in the sort of world of what I want. 
I think with this, I think it's been equal for this. I mean, I give equal thought to both of them. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's a whole story with everyone together because I can't do one without thinking about what six other people are wearing around them. And also you do, you know, take into consideration, which is one of the other questions here too, which we've touched on a little bit, but you do take theme and interior character and all these things into consideration when you're looking at clothes and designing clothes and designing a look for people. You start with the character and what the character needs and it moves out from there. So I mean, when we first start working, we build closets for people after discussions with the you know, producers and showrunner and writers of what the general look and the story is going to be. And you hope when you're building closets, you're going to be able to use because I don't like to pull them out every week for fittings. They just don't have the time. It's more of an idea and a direction. And then when specific things come up that you don't have, then you have to obviously go out and make it or shop it and make it work, you know, within the story. I think with Marae, there's, you know, it's different things, you know, with what she'd wear to work, what she'd wear for a date, you know, because she's got this such a complex situation with Peter. He's in her life, but not in her life. It's it's sort of like the secret when you have a secret boyfriend or lover that yeah, you she's don't said, She's really having share. a secret affair with the guy who ripped her off. Generally like speaking, Like we all yes. have. <laughs> There's flashbacks and things of little dresses that she wouldn't necessarily wear to work that are a little more playful, a little less, because she she does have to be professional in her world, but it's, you know, it's professional in the catch. Thank you so much for taking the time to do oh this. Oh my God, Betsy, it was my pleasure. So much fun. This is so much fun. I, l- I actually love going to hang out with Peggy. So We love Peggy having pe- her. You don't come enough anymore. I know. I know. It's such a drag because I like to go through and pick through stuff and try to take it. As we know, we've all established that. Well, I love being here. I have here. sticky fingers for that stuff. So, <laughs> But thank you so much for doing this. And you guys, next time in Grey's Anatomy, which is Thursday, May 5th, from 8 to 9 p.m., the episode is called Mama Tried. And it's an incredibly moving, gigantically emotional episode episode and all I can tell you is that Cali Arizona thing this is teeting up just wait you guys don't miss it it's pretty intense next time on scandal we have an amazing episode called trump card which once again is incredibly aptly named but not in the way you maybe think that's Thursday May 5th 9 to 10 on ABC Thursday May 5th from 10 to 11 is the ringer on the catch the ringer is a really really fun episode and I think you're going to see the return of somebody that we're all really excited to see it's a it's an amazingly fun, unbelievable episode with a lot of twists and turns, yeah. I'm going to say. And the clothes in this episode are kind of amazeballs, so you're going to want to watch it for the clothes, too. Thanks again to EW.com for posting an exclusive first listen to the podcast every Thursday night. And you can subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com backslash Shondaland, where each new podcast episode is available on Friday evenings. We'll be back next week with another Shondaland Revealed podcast. And until then, this is Betsy Beers saying thank you for listening, stay safe, and we'll be talking soon. Bye-bye. Bye.